This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Legislation to create the National Disability Benefit reached second reading in the House of Commons a few weeks ago. Accessibility reporter Megan Gilmore is here with an update. Take good morning, Megan. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm well, Megan. Before we jump into the world of the specifics of this bill, I need you to give us a civics lesson. What does it mean to have a second reading on the bill's journey to becoming law? Right. So... A bill has to go through first the House of Commons and then the Senate uh, before it becomes law. And at the House of Commons, which is where we are right now, a bill goes through three readings. So in the first reading, literally all they do is say, this is the bill and this is what it is. Like there's no debate. We just read it out into the record. The second reading, which is where we are right now with Bill C-22, is uh, the bill is read out again. And then there's debate. So there's time for all members of parliament to say things, to ask questions, to potentially insult each other, like all the things that happen on a debate. And then the debate moves to a committee. The committee will study the bill. They call witnesses, all these people that give expert uh, opinion on this. And then after they hear all the witnesses, the committee then discusses the bill clause by clause. They discuss any changes that could be made. If there's going to be changes to the text of a bill, it will likely happen at committee. After the committee does all that, it goes back to third reading to the House of Commons where there will be more debate And then if it passes third reading, it moves on to the Senate. So let's go back to the second reading. Did anything notable happen during the course of the reading? Uh, So Minister Carla Coltrell, the Minister of Disability Inclusion, she gave a very passionate speech about the need to lift uh, working age Canadians with disabilities out of poverty. The bill was heard a second time and there was a debate and the main topic of the debate, uh, Dave, and this will not surprise you, was the fact that nothing in this bill has changed in ever since it was first introduced more than a year ago. So um, members of parliament had questions about why there were no details, but the bill has not yet moved to committees. So there was one day of debate on the first day of parliament coming back. It was very historic. And then there has been no more debate. So there was a... Um, let's let's call it an attempt to have the bill moved to have trying to have the bill moved to committee more quickly. What happened there? So on September 29th, Mike Maurice, who is the Green MP from Kitchener Center, he presented a motion that the House of Commons unanimously vote to move the bill directly to committee without more debate. So that's like, you know, we've said all we need to say, just move this bill to committee. Let's get this through the House as quickly as possible. That motion did not pass. There were a few Conservative MPs who voted against it. It's hard to know who exactly voted against it because these votes are not recorded. It's just a bunch of people say, hey, and then a few people say nay. Um, And the individuals who said nay were from the Conservative Party of Canada, but we don't know exactly who they were. What else did Mike Morris have to say? Sir, so I spoke to him um, the day after this happened, and he said on the positive side of it is that 
there was um, support from all parties. So all Bloc Quebecois, all NDP liberals, and then many conservatives. So that does show a strong level of support in the House. But it's up to the government, so the Liberal Party, to bring the bill up for second reading and debate. You will see on Twitter a lot of people calling out the conservatives for holding up that bill, and it's understandable. But right now it is up to the Liberals to bring it forward again. So what did Minister Carla Qualtra have to say about the motion to expedite it to committee not passing? Right. So she was pretty disappointed, and here's how she explained it to me. I really thought the tenor of the speeches on Monday from all parties was a consensus that we need to move this forward. And so I was very excited to have have been, you know, to see that motion be put forward because I thought that would really accelerate um, the process and quite disappointed that one party decided, the Conservatives decided not to support that motion. It wouldn't have done anything except get it to committee where we could really dig in on this. So, Megan, we are still looking at the possibility of this advancing to committee, but we know that there are far more devils in many, many details here because this is going to come down to negotiation between the provinces who typically handle disability support and the territories and the federal government. So what did Minister Qualtra have to say about those negotiations? Right. And that's a crucial, crucial part of this benefit. The uh, and and. This legislation has to pass first before the provinces and territories can say, yes, federal government, we agree to all the things that you are saying about how you would like this benefit to look. So Minister Cultural is actually taking this time to discuss with provinces and territories other uh, issues related to their provincial benefit programs. For example, the fact that when you turn 65, you often lose all benefits. Um, But here's what she had to say specifically about the work with the provinces and territories on this bill. We haven't stopped working since we announced this benefit in the speech from the throne almost two years ago. We've been working at a bunch of different levels. So officials have struck work groups with all the provinces. Um, Deputy ministers have a working group. And the goal, of course, in all of this, from our perspective, is to make sure that people are always going to be better off by getting the CDB, right? So that the the clawback, the harmonization, access to not just income support, but services you get because you're on a disability benefit provincially, we can't, like, that. that's a red line for me. We are not going to get in a position where I'm replacing provincial or territorial support or jeopardizing any access people have right now to whatever, and in some cases it's very minimal, supports. Megan, you reached out to the government of Ontario about the progress on the benefit. What response did you get from that government? Right. So to their credit, I did receive a response and it was it was fairly quick. Um, Essentially, uh, what I was told is that Minister Fullerton, who is the minister of uh, responsible for these programs, that she has met with her federal counterparts and, quote, will continue to engage with them to help support an expedited delivery of the Canada disability benefit Uh, and then the statement goes on further to say that the government of Ontario understands the importance of supporting individuals with a disability and then mentions the five percent increase to the Ontario Disability Support Program which is a topic that has been discussed greatly on this program if you want to go back into archives. There has there's no shortage of uh, that conversation and there will continue to be no (laughs) shortage of that conversation. Uh, Megan speaking of someone who might be familiar to regular viewers Mm -hmm. of this show you had a chance to speak with Rabia Khadr from Disability Without Poverty. They've been advocating for this benefit for a long time. What did Rabia have to say about the latest developments? 
So there's conflicting emotions, right? There's anger and there's hurt that this bill wasn't moved to committee, that actually the vote to move it to committee did not happen uh, when it was first brought to second reading, right? Like this would say, like, why didn't you just vote on it that day? But while members in the House of Commons were very much concerned about the lack of details present in this bill, the fact that all details will be left to regulations, uh, Rami Kadar says that she's not as worried about that, neither are many people in the disability community in Canada. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One is you don't want to make a law that will then later on penalize future generations. So if, for example, this law did say in the text of the law itself, this is how much the benefit will be, well, we don't know what the cost of living is going to be like in 30 years. And it would take a much longer time to go back and change the law to change a regulation is much is much easier and uh she's very confident that there are advocates uh, on um looking on on the regulations working in all provinces and territories who are listening to the disability community but she did say that she personally would like to see the bill passed in 2022 so in this year so that people get the benefit they get the money in 2023 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so what are the next steps in regards to the advocacy side of this right so from october 17th to october 29th disability without poverty will be in ottawa for three days the 17th will be a reception on the hill for like government and business leaders and potentially members of the media uh to hear about what it's like to live in disability poverty in canada and then on the 18th members of disability without poverty will be meeting with members of parliament discussing their concerns with them and why they want people to support this legislation and then just october 19th at noon there will be a rally on parliament hill so that's the advocacy side as mentioned yeah. there's still a number of government hoops to jump through here what are the next steps for the government right so i spoke to minister cultural about this yesterday she said that it is possible that the bill could come back for more debate this month. There are a few other government house items that are kind of um, in the queue that they need, they need to deal with first, but it is possible that it will come back for more debate this month. I asked about if it's possible that the bill would be passed this year. For those who may remember, we're still in the middle of a three-year consultation period on this benefit. And this is what the minister had to say in terms of a timeline. The quicker this becomes law, the quicker we move to the regulatory process, which is where we really dig in on the details, right? And so, you know, they, we will publish regulations, people will have a chance to comment on them. Um, and then, you know, that process, even in an expedited way, could take six, eight months. So, again, it depends on, like, the quicker this gets out of the house, the quicker that process kicks in, the quicker the actual kind of technical um, negotiations where we sign the dotted lines with mm -hmm. the provinces happen. Um, but our ducks are in a row. Like it's like I have no, I'm not sitting here saying, God, I've got a lot of work to do to get ready for this. We are ready whenever this, like whenever the next steps happens, we the, nothing on our end will slow this down. Megan, the ducks may be in a row, but the wheels of politics move slowly. That really is a, a theme in the first hour of the show today. Yes, and for those of you who have been wondering where is the disability inclusion action plan, it exists. It still has yet to be released to the public because of concerns with accessibility of formats to release it on. So, yeah, that's a whole other 
other thing waiting for us as well. It's 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 how the wheels it's how the wheels spin sometimes. Megan, we appreciate this. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great day. That's Megan Gilmore, accessibility reporter, with an update on the National Disability Benefit. Of course, we'll be keeping a close eye on that one as well. But if you ever want to reach out to Megan, if you have an idea for a story or something that you think uh, she might want to cover in your neck of the woods, it could be more regional. If you want it to be, you can find her on social media at Megan Gilmore, at Megan Gilmore, M-E-A-G-A-N-G-I-L-L. M-O-R-E. If social media is not your thing, you can always reach out to us via email, feedback at ami.ca, feedback at ami.ca, or via phone, 1-866-509-4545, 1-866-509-4545. Again, we're talking about a big tent issue there in regards to the national disability benefit, but we know there's all sorts of provincial disability regulations flying all over the place in Manitoba and British Columbia and Nova Scotia and Newfoundland and Labrador. We understand it can be kind of wild and there's certainly plenty of access denials that exist around the country as well. So if you have a story that you want to share, please feel free to reach out to us on that front. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.